0: This is Dr. B.J. Baker, uh, Dr. Apostle B.J. Baker, Baker, J. Baker, whatever, all of those names. And I want to welcome you to the Still Telling It Like It Is program. Um, All of my programs have something to do with Tell It Like It Is because that's who I am and that's what it is that I believe. The subject that we're talking about uh, for the next whatever number of weeks it is, is suicide. Suicide in believers, suicide in Christians, suicide in young people and um, different groups of people. And I am so honored to have uh, Prophet, uh, not Prophetess, but Prophet Randy McGee and Apostle Marshall McGee. He's also a chaplain and she's also a a coach, a life coach and other things. And I want to welcome my guest uh, to the program. Hi, how are you guys? Hi there. Dr. Baker. Hello. Great. Okay, he's going to put you up on the screen in just a minute so that people can see you. They can see I'm not talking to the wind. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, we're waiting for Joe Henry to put you up there. There you go. Okay. Okay. Remember on the the last uh, program, we were talking about, um, I, I mentioned one of the things that was uh, confrontation, you know. Um, uh, Randy had talked about the fact that this is a spirit, you know, that what she was dealing with was mm-hmm. you know, what my granddaughter dealt with was a spirit that was was speaking wrong things to her, and I know that uh, my sister, I know that the things were being spoken wrong to her, but we're talking about eight year and you had mentioned that your one of your grandchildren that was 6 years old or 8 years old or whatever it is and we had just talked about how it's growing in young people and a lot of these young people are people that their parents are are uh believers i mean they they grow up in this so called christian home and all of this but are they equipped to confront these things. Everybody can't confront a demonic spirit. Everybody can't do these things. So, uh, you know, we have a plethora of of ways to go. So, um, you know, in this well, segment of our program, why don't you go ahead and start to talk about the parts that you want to talk about right I, now. Can I
1: just introduce this, this, this definition just for, because sometimes I, I really like to define things. And even though most of our listeners probably know this, But I just want to read it anyway, uh, perhaps so people can really be clear. Just defining what suicide is, since that's our main subject, and we're going to talk about subjects around that. And suicide means ending your own life. It is sometimes a way for people to escape pain or suffering. When someone ends their own life, we say that they died by suicide. A suicide attempt means that someone tried to end their life, but they did not die. And so just kind of wanted to, again, just put the definition out there again. Um, as we get into this, uh, we talked about confrontation. Uh, and I think we can go a lot of different ways. What do you do if you're thinking about it? Uh, I think uh, my wife said last, in the last program that it starts with thoughts. So maybe that might be a good place to start. What do you do or what do those, maybe first, what do those thoughts look like? And then what do you do with those thoughts?
2: Okay, when I was working with CARES, we took a class. CARES Cares is a residential home for girls. And we had to go through um, a trauma workshop. And so at this trauma workshop, um, the instructor, we put on headphones so that we could hear, uh, because some people were dealing with mental health issues or voices talking to them. So, you know, we can say, okay, voices are talking, but what do those voices sound like? So we put on these headsets so they could show us and give us an idea of what this would sound like to the person receiving these thoughts. So as I put on the headset, you could hear multiple voices saying, you're not, you're no good. Why don't you just kill yourself? Nobody likes you. Wow. You're a misfit. You're a loser. So, and you've been being bombarded with these many thoughts. So uh, that gave us an idea because I never knew, you know, but, you know, we have thoughts coming to us all the time but never to the point of making us depressed or feeling like we want to kill ourselves. So just being able to, you know, go through that workshop, it really opened my eyes to uh, know that people are dealing with this reality. This is a reality for them. And so with these many thoughts coming, and I think you said something, if you're not a believer and you don't, know what to do with this. You don't know how to get in the word. What do you do? And, and so that's the question. And that's where the church needs to come in to teach people what they can do. Because when we cast, the Bible tells us to cast down, first you cast down that thought and actually what you're doing, you're replacing that thought with some, with an affirmation or with something that is the opposite of what it's telling you. And so if you can do that, you know, because we all talk to ourselves, uh, we encourage ourselves. And so if we could cast that thought down and realize that this thought is not a part of me, but this thought is trying to, you know, to uh, destroy me. But I think the key is getting around other people that can be a support when those times come.
0: Okay, here. Let me throw this at you for a moment. We are part of love and unity. We you've pastored congregations, and so have I. Started uh, groups of things, and I've been in my field for a lot of years. And um, but even in the so-called church, we have people that. Maybe are not suicidal, even homicidal, mm-hmm. but they don't seem to be able to get their thoughts together to even um, yeah. uh, think right about anything now. And 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 so what? Um, the the reason I really believe that that this part came is that. I'm looking at at people. I taught, as I said, I taught last week or whatever it was um, on casting, you know, taking every thought captive to the obedient of Christ. But how many people are we even dealing with now? I'm talking about a, I'm talking about a fivefold ministry. I'm not talking about the ascension gifts because once you, yeah, I'm not about the different. I think Marshall was the one that we talked about this. Uh, the ascension gifts, I mean, we're, we're already seated in our place. So we're not thinking on that level. That, that, that's a spiritual level. But down here, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers are still dealing with that soulish realm to where their thoughts are not even right. So when they get to this, they're not even able to help the people because when they get to it, they're dealing with so much depression and so much shame and so much stuff. And then I'm throwing this one out there, too, which I know we won't be able to get to all of it. You know, people feeling guilty because somebody killed themselves. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I should
0: it's- have been able to stop them, but you can't. I mean, you know, this is something that that we have to deal with with people because nobody can stop me from killing me. Um no. no. Kill you during sickness. I mean, you know, I had the opportunity when I was in the hospital. All of these different kinds of things. So, at any rate, I'm throwing that out there, and I'm going to mute so that you guys can. Yeah, you can... did.
1: You threw out a lot. You know that, right? I think that. <laughs> you, can I just throw this in because we're talking specifically, we're talking believers, but people in general. And one of the things I think, is people, just as people, whether you're saved, people or unsaved, what we consider unsaved. Most people, and you grow up in life, but most people still don't know how to deal with their humanity. Uh, In the church world, it's all spirit, 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 And if you can't connect that way, uh, sometimes it ain't that practical when it comes to dealing with humanity or your humanity, particularly when you're having suicidal or homicidal thoughts. And this is a place where I think the church has been convinced so spiritual. I know the way I grew up was so spiritual. You didn't talk about natural human things. Everybody lived on a cloud playing a harp. Nobody had problems. You would think on a Sunday morning and you didn't know if things were going on in that home till something happened and everybody's in shock. Um And the other part to this is, and I'm throwing this in here because we got a little ways to go with this discussion, is we pastored from over, I pastored over 30 years personally. Then together we pastored close to 30. It was about almost the 29th year when I stepped down at the ministry we started here. And I remember we, we ministered from such a higher spiritual level. We didn't think sometimes, not that we neglected natural things, we just didn't think about it until something happened and then you're sitting in front of a family or you're sitting uh, at a service or, or in the hospital trying to get a sense of, how could this happen? They were a good believer, uh, they were spirit filled, they knew the scriptures and so on and so on and so forth. When the real reality is, that's not most people's reality. That's them conforming to some type of system So that they can be accepted and loved and i don't mean to make anybody upset but ultimately that becomes the truth and so as leaders to be able to i think nowadays leaders we have to probably have maybe be more discerning about people not just do they take a church attendance but just their well-being in general and so in that way, I think as leaders, we could help run a little bit of interference to someone that may be in that situation that don't know how to sort those thoughts off. Because we've dealt with all kind of people. Uh, again, I'm throwing that out here, too, because we got a little ways to go here. But I oh, think, we got a long
0: ways to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: we got a, a long ways to go. And we got what, six weeks uh, four weeks now.
0: <laughs> no, 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 we still got six weeks. We, did we got
1: six weeks. And weeks. So we got a little Go ahead,
0: Randy. We, we got no, we got time. We're gonna do this okay. Okay. at the end of this. We're, I mean, I really believe that at the end of this, God will give us things that will have tools that will help people to do what it is that they need to do. I'm not doing this just to do this. I mean, I got better things to do, but I'm concerned about, um. I'm concerned about our societies all over the world. So, Randy, go
2: ahead. I I really think, you know, just looking back on events and situations, I really think you need to be trained how to intervene uh, with someone. <clears throat> because, you know, there are times that that person who is having suicidal thoughts that they are so overwhelmed, they cannot hear what you're saying. They're in such pain and hurting. Yes. They're not, you can't come to them, you know, with the word of the Lord, you know, you can't come to them with a practical application. So we, the body of Christ or we as individuals, we need to, if we're interested in this, we need to be trained to tell people how, to recognize when this um, these thoughts are yes. coming to them and how to fight against them. And once we can provide people with the resources or what to do to prevent it or overcome it, then they can fight back because the problem is that they're at such a vulnerable state that they can't fight. They don't know how to fight back. So what you know so what are, what are those uh realities you know my husband had a situation in his family where someone in his family left a suicidal note left the knife on the, by the papers with the note and we're running all throughout the city trying to find where, where this person <laughs> yeah. went and this person never Committed the suicide. But, but. we're
1: trying to found a <laughs> note and, and the police were looking and man, it was crazy. And we were like you you hyped up because right. You know, you believe that this person is going to go through with it with when in that situation, right. ultimately it ended up being a cry for attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and sometimes that's what it is too. It's a cry for attention right. in our world today. There's so little people really getting the kind of attention that they need. Um, and so a lot of people are, are I don't know the word for it, but they're... Crying for attention. Crying for attention. Yeah. They're lovesick. Yeah. They're just sick because they don't... <clears throat> something in them is not being answered. Uh, that need of, of, of... I think the two basic needs of people is love and affection. Mm-hmm. And when you don't... And acceptance and love and affection, I mean, we don't have that, even if it's amongst our peers, even amongst strangers. Sometimes people can draw that from strangers and when people don't get that and they're starving for that after a while, I think that could be one of the thoughts. Then what am I here for? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows okay. what I'm here for, right? Uh, yes.
0: Let me ask this. Okay, let me throw this out here. All right. And we are <clears throat> in this, I mean, I, I have done a lot of, um, uh, suicidal interventions and, um, in my, in my, uh, in my practice and in and training and, and all of that. But here's one of the things, you know, we talked last week about young kids and Randy also spoke about, um, she spoke about, um, uh, the, the thoughts and, and, and all of this, but how are we going to start to um, have people around children? I, 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 what are we going to do, whether it's in the school system, whether it's in the, uh, <clears throat> whether it's, it's, it's not not literature, because people have put literature out there forever. But I believe that what we need to do, what we're going to have to do is to find the spiritual uh, answer, to find a heavenly answer for these things, because kids that are six years old, five years old, uh, uh, seven years old, all of this, uh, we are, they're finding out how to kill, they're finding out how to commit suicide, they're willing to do all of these things, and I really believe that we are underestimating, and if we don't train people how to think at young ages, then what sure. In at old ages, they start to dance around See um, These are some of the things that happen People start talking about I'm embarrassed Alright We use yeah. words but there's no real thing I don't know what embarrassed is I, I, I can't be embarrassed uh, I can't be offended I can't be put to shame None of those things Why is that because I don't really care I can't tell you how much I don't care Or what someone else thinks about me But that's real for me. It did not happen overnight or understanding. I sold my body. I sold my everything because I cared what people thought many years ago and stuff, you know, but what I'm saying is this, how are we going to effectively interact with mankind in order to have them to have a self image rather than, a outside inward image, an image from the inside
1: out. Interesting. that you would add. Go ahead.
2: I know in a situation with our granddaughter, um, she came to me and said that to me. I, you know, she said, "Grandma, I want to kill myself." And I said, "Why? You know, why do you want to do that? You know?" And she said, "I don't know." So I took her. And I just held her, I says, you know, grandma loves you. And I said, you are beautiful. And she says, no. I said, yes, you are beautiful. And uh, I began to, I said, you know, I began to pray with her and pray over her. And then I went to the bookstore, went to the Dollar Tree and I got her some little Bible story books just to let her see about creation Let her see that there is a God who loves her, who created her and um, was teaching her how to how to say her prayers, you know. And every time I see her, I grab her, I hold her, I love on her because I realize hearing her say that I realize somewhere in there she's feeling ugly. She's feeling rejected. She's feeling that maybe nobody is, you know, loves her. So I, you know, I try to be sensitive to that. And I think when you're dealing with children, I believe that they need to know that they are loved, you know, and they need to be affirmed that they are beautiful, you know, because somebody has told them they were not beautiful or somebody has said something mean to them. And, and, and then, um, Some of them may have gotten bullied. You know, I got bullied when I was a kid, but some people have strong minds and some people, their minds are not as strong as far as being able to resist those thoughts and resist those um, words that are so unkind and so hurtful that they just take it within. And, And the more they hear it, the more withdrawn they get, and the more they're listening to these thoughts that I don't matter.
1: Yeah. How much is that, Meg, again, just throwing some things out. How much of that c- can be happening in the womb where the m- mother didn't want the child and sometimes, and that negative emotion is passed on to the unborn child? Is that a, another place that affects that?
0: Well, of course.
1: affects that where that child comes into the world already feeling this disconnection from its own, not just from the world itself, but from its own mommy, mm-hmm. that can—I'm just—I don't know—is that something that could be?
0: It's, a, a uh, no, it's, not just, it's not just a possibility; it's a reality. Okay, okay. this is also the same thing with uh, adoption. This is the same thing with uh, because it's a—it's a—it's a form of invis. Uh, they don't feel like they're seen for who they are. And another thing we're dealing with is the invisible person. Right. The invisible person. I am not visible. I, am, I have no importance. I have no value. There is no weight to me. And these are things that happen in the womb because you can't see them there. Right. Therefore, there is not what it's necessary. There is not the love. There's not the attention. You know, one of the things that it is, is one of my sons, AJ, there was this young girl in his congregation and um, she had this baby. And so he and his wife took her and the baby to start to work it together so that it was not just the baby being given away in these things. We have to start to uh, I mean, if we're going to assist we're going to have to get to the depth of what it is that you're just saying because what has to happen is this is that we need to we need to help people to see that they're visibly that they are visibly important visibly valuable visibly worth something yes from that very beginning because most of the time what it is it's not about self-esteem screw that it, it About self-worth and self-value. How much do I hold? How much weight do I hold? How much weight do I carry Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in this? And so I I really believe that we're going to come up with, by the time we're finished with this, by the time God is finished with us doing this, that we're gonna come up with some answers that are going to be able to help equip people. And if people need us to come someplace or need us to come and 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 assist them and 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 on a continuous basis or whatever it is, we're there to do it. But I'm I'm just I'm not I'm not satisfied with these young people and all of these other people dying that don't have to because they don't see themselves. You can't kill yourself if you see yourself.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah, because you love yourself enough and it's about you. It's not about how this is going to affect other people. Because the truth of the matter is, other people either they care about you, they don't notice you, or they don't care about you because they got their own stuff. And that's just a fact, Jack. And so it's learning, helping people also to learn how to love themselves. But also bringing that affirmation. Uh, I remember, I just thought of this title of a book. I remember this is for the church world. I was in Chicago at uh, this mega church uh, and I went into the library and there was a book. I never opened the book, but I saw the title. The title got my attention. And the title simply said, the church should be the last place in the world where people feel alone. And I thought, wow! And it's the truth. But how many people, even believers, feel alone, feel disconnected, feel like they they're not seen, they don't matter? Um, I don't know if you remember Joanne. Joanne Ish taught me a principle. She was an elder in our church, and she one thing I learned from her was when she would meet people, it was never about her. She would ask them. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your family. And I learned that principle from her. So a lot of times when I meet people for the first time, especially if they seem like they just need the extra affirmation, tell me about yourself. What have you done? Tell me about your family. Tell me about your life. Because it begins to bring affirmation to them. Because they're talking about because now I'm interested in you because you do matter. And sometimes they may not feel that, but if, if even engaging on that level in a conversation can help people begin to don't feel like they matter, feel like that they really do matter.
0: Uh, Go ahead, Randy. I can, I can see you about to say something. <laughs>
2: She's doing this. <laughs> I know my friend. Go ahead, baby. <laughs> I was just going to say, we have to put tools in people's hands. You know, when I was with my nephew, I knew that I was there for a, a short period. What could I leave with him that he can continue when I'm not there? So I bought him a Bible, I bought him some um, books that I felt would really help him to understand his spiritual self and understand the power of God that is able to work. <coughs> Because those books, he can read when I'm not there. He can read in his own quiet time. And, um, and so we're made of, you know, spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. So we also have to educate the person about their spiritual state. And uh, because I believe that uh, suicide and depression, that comes in the family line as well. You know, my mother was, uh, um, she had mass depression. She had, she had a chemical imbalance as well, but it was, the depression was so bad, it was like a cloud over her head. She would have circles under her eyes. She would wow. take off her makeup, you know. That's and Yeah, take mm-hmm. off her makeup and everything that made her look feminine, she would toss it aside mm-hmm. because this spirit of rejection or this cloud wanted to take away from her. And so he showed me the time cock over here. But it is. Me- we're, we're about out of time. I'm looking at this
0: this time is so fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to be back next week when we're here still telling it like it is. We're talking about suicide, um, uh, depression, you know, uh, invisi- invisibility, uh, uh, invisibility and all of those things. This is Dr. B- uh, B.J. Baker, Marshall McKee and Randy Mcgee saying goodbye. We'll see you next Bye-bye. time. See I'll you. Bye bye. Bye bye.